0: Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. Hey everybody,
1: welcome in. We say hello to you. And we cannot wait to get started today. We've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, Coming up at uh, 425, Pat Hardy, all Hawkeyes will uh, join us as we'll dive into the upcoming game between Iowa and Wyoming. And then at 445, Matt Nelson, wide right Natty Light on Iowa State because the Cyclones have a matchup coming against UNI. By the way, you'll be able to hear that game right here on 1700. Uh that is the Iowa State UNI game right here on 1700. Uh Sean Tomlinson at 520 Bleacher Report on the National Football League and Joe Hayden got paid will explain about that. And then Trent and Wolfgang will throw it down roughly at about 535. That's the program today. As always, the phone lines are open at 264-1700. That's 515-264-1700.
2: How are you, partner? Oh, can't complain, Jimmy B. Things are well, going good here. Uh, getting ready for another football Friday night coming up Friday out in Valley Stadium as Waukee will be making the short trek over the Battle of the Western Suburbs, Waukee and yeah. Valley. We got college football, and Jimmy B., it's our last night without real, actual football. The football season will really begin tomorrow night. Ohio State, Indiana, keeping an eye on that one. Maybe Tulsa, Oklahoma State. Remember, the Cowboys have stubbed their toes early yes. on last year with Central Michigan. We'll see about that one. A Tulsa team that at the very least can score. I don't know if they're going to be able to get many stops. But Big Ten, Big 12 action gets going tomorrow night. I'm, I can't wait, pal. Look, and you and I are both locked and loaded. Uh, I know that baseball
1: still plays a little bit. And it won't maybe much for this coming weekend because we're all excited about the college football beginning. But I'll still keep my eye a little bit on some of the close races, in particular that Milwaukee-St. Louis matchup tonight. I'll watch some of that uh, just because I want to see if, indeed, the Cardinals have success against the Brewers. Can they play themselves back into the race? They're about five games out right now. So that's something that I'm going to keep my eye on this evening. But you're absolutely right. Man, oh, man, tomorrow – College football, it begins. Every NFL team, by the way, with the exception of Houston and Dallas, will play uh, their final preseason game. The Dallas-Houston game has been canceled, and rightfully so with what is taking place uh, in southeastern Texas. Uh, Houston, uh, our hearts go out to all of the people there. uh, And what you have to deal with, Beaumont and Port Arthur, Now it's moving into Louisiana, so it's going to be a difficult time for several weeks for those people down there. Trent, we have Pat Hardy coming up at uh, 425. Mm -hmm. Let's roll a little bit here, uh, and we'll start on the Hawks and then move over to the Clones a little bit. And Where I want to begin today's program is all of the hype about Josh Allen, the quarterback at Wyoming, and how he might be the number one pick and might be the aside from darnold at u s c maybe the second best quarterback in the upcoming n f l draft if darnold says i'm coming out is to me even though he's that good you still got to have guys who can catch the ball. you still got to have a running back. And you still got to have an offensive line. Trent, they lost way too many people for Wyoming to be like they were last year, as explosive offensively as they were last year.
2: Yeah, Brian Hill was a running back a year ago, a guy that was drafted in the NFL. He had over 1,800 yards rushing, 22 touchdowns. You mentioned uh, the receiver spot, Tanner Jetry, who looks like he's going to make the Chicago Bears after the injury to Cam Meredith he's going to be an NFL player. He had over 1,300 yards. They missed him. They're top three pass catchers from a year ago. And then you look at that offensive line. And the offensive line, there's talk that they're going to start a 260-pound true freshman at center. You don't think Cedric Lattimore, Matt Nelson, Nathan (laughs) Budget are licking their chops about that one. They've been going up and they've been working against James Daniels for the last month in practice, one of the best centers in college football. And now they get to see a 260-pound freshman. I think they're pretty happy about that.
1: I'd say so. I just think that they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They really are. And I think Wyoming will put a few points on the board. We'll put some points on the board just because how good Josh Allen is. But I have this feeling, Trent, it's going to be a long day for that guy. And uh, one of the reasons will be, A, is because the pass rush will be so severe that that
2: offensive line
1: be able to handle it at all.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I'm right there with you, Jimmy B. And as you go through this matchup, I've heard national people, I was listening to Bruce Feldman the other day uh, with Fox Sports and also uh, Stuart Mandel. They do a podcast together. I was listening to those guys talk about it, and when they went and they started talking about upset alert, one of the first things that they talked about was this very game. And, And it makes a lot of sense. You know, when you're going through these week one matchups, there are plenty of games that aren't exactly ones that you look at and, and can find different spots that there are going to be upsets. There's a lot of blowouts. There's a lot of FBS versus FCS games. And with Wyoming, because they have Josh Allen and the pub that he has gotten on a national level, you can understand why people go that direction. But make no mistake, this is not the North Dakota State team that that came in a year ago and beat the Hawkeyes. This is not like some of the teams of the past that have come in and pulled these kind of... Upsets To beat Iowa, you got to be physical. you got to play that game. North Dakota State was able to play that kind of football game. Wyoming is not at that level yet. As good of a job as Craig Bull has done as he goes into his fourth season with Wyoming, a North Dakota State guy, he got that program up and running. As good as he was and as good as he is of building the program, they're still not at the level where they can plug and play throughout the offensive and defensive lines. And to me, that's a huge question mark here. You mentioned... what they have on the offensive line and what they're going to be able to do with Josh Allen. Is he going to be able to make a couple of shots down the field? Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to be able to make some plays, get just enough protection to get the ball off, and they'll be able to do it. And do it against a secondary for Iowa that certainly has their own set of question marks. Cornerback, two guys coming in going to be making their first starts. Michael O'Jamudia who comes in with Manny Ragumba being suspended in this first game. And now the other side, Joshua Jackson, Though I guess he did start the bowl game against Florida, but two guys really thrown into the fire for the first time. You couple that with the safety play. Jake Dervas, he'll be making his first start, a guy that was a special teamer, and with the injury to Brandon Snyder, he jumps in, and then Miles Taylor, a guy that lost his job a year ago. He was hurt, he was injured. Anthony Gare came in, did a lot better job than what we saw out of Miles Taylor a year ago. Where is he now in his senior year? There are question marks there. But the recipe for an upset to beat Iowa, you have to be physical, and you have to get stops. And this Wyoming team, I just don't know if they can make any stops. You go through, and you look up what they gave up a year ago. So as the season went on, they gave up 239 yards to Eastern Michigan. Coach Creighton, former Drake coach, has done a nice job at Eastern Michigan. But come on, giving up 239, that's a whoa. You continue on. They gave up 401 yards in a game against UNLV last year. Last year, that one went triple overtime. Final score, UNLV 69, Wyoming 66. Later in the year, they gave up. 568 yards to New Mexico. Now, New Mexico has been a team that we've talked about a lot because of Matt Quarles, who comes in as a grad transfer to Iowa as a wide receiver. We know they run the triple option, but still, 568. That's what they gave up a season ago. That is not a way to beat Iowa. If you can't be physical, you're not going to be able to keep up. You go back to a year ago. You know They were with Nebraska. They... Kept it close into the second half, and there in the fourth quarter, things kind of fell apart for them. Nebraska pulled away and won that game 52-17. to It was a decently close game, though, a year ago, this is a different Wyoming team. I'm not seeing an upset happening here. I can't buy it. I think Iowa rolls. I think they physically manhandle this team. They're going to get 200-plus yards rushing in the game, and then an opportunity for Nate Stanley to go out, and we'll see if he can make some plays in the passing game, because you know what Wyoming's going to do. They're going to stack the box up. They have a very good safety also that comes up and makes plays uh, in the defensive backfield. A preseason Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. That's what they have coming back in their safety, Andrew Wingard. Wingard last year, 131 tackles. He'll come up, he'll play in the box, he'll play in space. He can do a lot of things. He'll be up there. But if you got that strong safety in the box, that means making plays. That means Noah Font needs to go out and make some plays. That means you have to have an opportunity to have the guys in the passing game going across. And if that happens, maybe it'll be an easy transformation for Nate Stanley in his first start for the Hawkeyes against Wyoming. We'll talk more about that one coming up. Pat Hardy from allhawkeyes.com. He'd be our first guest today. We're talking Cyclones with Matt Nelson. And and we jump over, Jimmy B., to that side of things and the UNI-Iowa State game. This one has so much importance for Iowa State. Getting through the non-conference schedule, worst-case scenario, they have to be two and one. If the dream of a bowl game is going to be real, they have to be at the very least two and one. Well, if you take that loss in week 1 against you and I, we've seen how seasons have derailed for Iowa State when they lose that game. When they lose to you and I, how difficult it can be. If it happens again, your number 2 gets off to a scary start for Matt Campbell Cyclones and I don't think it's anything that's going to happen. I still have huge question marks about this UNI team. We've talked about that too, Jim, where you're replacing basically a whole coaching staff outside of the head man and coach Farley up there. You know, there are a lot of questions about what is going to happen with them. What they're going to look like. How different the offense is now with Eli Dunn manning the ship. We'll see if I is going to be ready, but this does not feel like some of the past years where you gave you and I a good shot with David Johnson going nuts and winning that football game. This does not have the same kind of feeling here. This one feels different, and Jimmy B., I can't call an upset. I don't think there's going to be an upset with Wyoming over Iowa, and I don't see you and I upsetting Iowa State.
1: I'm with you, partner. I'm the same way on that. I I think Iowa State wins this game, and you know what? I I think they win it going away. I I just have a feeling that – This is a totally different team than what we saw last year. Even at the end of the season, where they did play much better, I think right now, heading into this coming game against UNI, that they have positioned themselves finally to really look at every position and have the feel of a Big 12 conference team. They have the quarterback, a couple of running backs, A tremendous wide receiver core and a tight end. And we always discuss it. The problematic place is offensive line. Will they be able to hold up? And then defensively, defensive line. And with a linebacker in Joel Lanning where he's a first-year player, even though he's a senior. So do they have issues? Sure they do. But I just think that this is...
2: The Cyclone gear to really kind of put one on UNI in this upcoming game. Well, we'll talk about that more later this hour. Matt Nelson from Wide Right Natty Light talking Cyclones with us, but it's time to talk Hawkeyes. Pat Hardy, AllHawkeyes.com. He joins us on the other side. Jimmy B and TC. It is presented in part by Villaggio. You're looking for fine Italian dining. Two locations for you. One in Irvingdale on a hundredth Street. It's the old Murphy's Bar and Grill. Velaggio, awesome Italian food. Been there a few times, had the pizza, had some pasta, vodka rigatoni, unbelievably good. Stop on out, see Dan in the group there. It's Velaggio, also their original location down in Norwalk. Your next time you're thinking about eating out, make it Velaggio. We'll take a time out, come back with more on the other side. It's Hawkeye Talk with Pat Hardy on the Big Talker 1700.
0: The big games play here westwood one sports on des moines station for news talk sports 1700 kbgg Sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Right now at Firestone Complete Auto Care, get $70 by mail on a Bridgestone Visa prepaid card when you buy a set of four eligible Bridgestone tires. Whatever you drive, drive a
4: Firestone.
5: Do you have building projects to be done around the house? My husband and I are going through quite the home renovation. We realize we're always borrowing a trailer from a friend for hauling furniture, picking up building supplies, and trips to the dump. If it was available, we found Casey Trailer Sales in Grinnell. Josh showed us all the options Casey Trailer Sales had in stock. Cargo, utility, and equipment are just few. Josh helped us decide which trailer worked best for our needs. LaCasey Trailer Sales in Grinnell had exactly what we were looking for and affordable pricing. Visit LaCasey Trailer Sales and Truck Accessories or call 641-990-2674. I'm glad we went with LaCasey, and you will be too. Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Des Moines? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. To get
0: two free tickets to Than's Workshop, call 1-800-539-2200. Seating is extremely limited. Call right now because this free ticket offer expires this Friday. That's 1-800-539-2200. That's
2: 1-800-539-2200. Are you in the mood for real, classic, homemade Italian food? Well, I have the spot for you. It's Bellagio. Two locations. The newest location in Urbandale, 2675 100th Street. The original in Norwalk. Classic dishes like cavatelli, spaghetti, lasagna, and vodka rigatoni. Top-notch pizza and awesome sandwiches. A great happy hour and Italian done right. Bellagio.
6: at WolfConstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your route personally. It's
7: that time of the year again. Football is right around the corner. Draft House 50, best spot in Central Iowa to catch your Cyclones, Hawkeyes, and every NFL game. Over 50 TVs, 50 beers on tap, and the best burgers in town. Draft House 50, your place
4: for
5: all things sports. That's fooddudesdelivery.com.
0: It's time for your daily dose of Hawkeye coverage on 1700 KBGG. All right,
1: everybody, welcome back. We roll all the way till 6, as that means Pat Hardy is on the way right now. AllHawkeyes.com, always great information, everything you need to know about the Iowa Hawkeyes football, basketball, you name it, Pat has got it. He comes to us on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. So, Pat, here we are, and I can't refer to you as Patrick just like I can't refer to Nathan, I've got to refer to him as Nate. Is that correct?
9: Eh, you can call me Patrick. I, My sisters have called me Patrick, and it wasn't always because I was in trouble. Sometimes it was, but it <laughs> doesn't matter with me. But I was standing there when he said that. That was actually kind of one of the more lighthearted moments. He's not a real demonstrative, charismatic kid yet. I think he's still kind of a little nervous around the press. Plus, I think he's real quiet by nature and it was kind of funny to see him say that but we'll we'll see they may be calling him they'll be calling him something good or bad something besides Nate if he's good or bad on Saturday
2: Well, there's no doubt about that and it's going to be you know all hands on deck against this Wyoming team pat as we've talked about Wyoming here now over uh, the last couple of weeks we dipped into him times throughout the summer <laughs> so much conversation about allen but outside of that, you know, a team that really struggled against the run a year ago, they lose a lot of weapons offensively, they got question marks up front on that offensive line. It just doesn't seem to be outside of the quarterback, the kind of team that could come in and beat upset upset Iowa, is it? No, I
9: don't think so on paper, but I said the same thing about North Dakota State last year. They didn't seem like the kind of team. So I'm not going to rule anything out, but I do think that they can run better on this team, at least I would hope. They couldn't run against North Dakota State last year, if you remember. They just could not run the ball. And once they couldn't run the ball, they were just out of sync the rest of the way. So I think they're going to be able to run the ball. This team's got a couple good safeties, but if they're the ones making the tackles 8, 10 yards downfield, who cares? I mean, I just think Iowa, I'll be surprised if they can't control tempo by controlling the line of scrimmage.
1: I'm with you on that. That's the way that Trent and I, we both see them just running the ball right, running it left, running it up the middle, maybe throw 10 to 15 passes total in the game, and just uh, shorten the game, run clock, and just not give the Wyoming quarterback, Josh Allen, a lot of time uh, to really do what he does best, that's throw the football around. Pat, it is not the Wyoming Cowboys of last season.
9: No, it's definitely not, and I also think that they're going to use Butler and Wadley as receivers. I think you're going to see... I don't think the offense is going to look a lot different. I think you'll see more crossing patterns downfield. I think you'll see more seam routes downfield, verticals by the tight end. And I think you'll see Wadley and Butler factoring in as receivers too. In fairness to Greg Davis, and we've talked about it. Greg Davis did a good job of using Wadley as a receiver at the end of last year. I mean, he was getting a lot of yards that way, and I think you'll see that. I think the main thing they want to do is just allow Nate Stanley to play with play action. If he can throw, run the ball and throw with play action, it'll be so much easier for them if these linebackers are just second-guessing all the time. Then I think he, if Stanley can throw for 150 and they can run for 225 to 250, I think they'll be just fine. To me, those are kind of numbers to strive for.
2: Well, you look at him and, and Nate Stanley, a guy that is, as you said, very soft-spoken, a little bit uncomfortable. And we heard the same kind of things talked about him during camp, that certainly in terms of arm talent, he's probably the more talented guy but it's still that leadership quality that they're looking for. Have you? Can you remember a quarterback that had kind of the, the makeup that Nate Stanley does being that quiet kid? You see it at other positions, certainly, but rarely a quarterback. Anybody jump to mind? Not
9: really. I mean, Vandenberg wasn't real demonstrative. Nathan Chandler was a little quiet, but the difference with Nathan Chandler was a senior, was older, 22, 23. No, this is a little different. I mean, Drew Tate was a – True sophomore, but Drew Tate thought he ruled the world yes, when he got up here. Yes. So I don't think there was anything, I don't mean that as criticism really. He just, he was very sure of himself. And Drew Tate was the kind of guy that got in Tony Moyaki's face. And so no, Stanley's not like that. I think sometimes that's good and bad. As I think with Drew Tate, his personality was good and bad. None of it will matter if he makes plays. It won't matter if he's a mute, if he doesn't talk or say anything. If he makes plays and the <laughs> offense moves, it won't matter. If they start to struggle and we, then we'll start looking for, reasons and maybe we will point to that so it is because a couple of the older players said he needs to be a little more vocal sean Welsh said that but he thinks it will come with time he still really has not you know he hasn't started a game yet Welsh thinks that he'll develop some more of that leadership as far as being a vocal leader as the season progresses
1: pat hardy's our guest he comes to us on the draft house 50 hotline mill civic parkway in west des moines all right pat Take me to the wide receivers. We know what Vandenberg is, unless he has more foot issues. So, where is Quarles in all of this? Where's Cooper? How do you how do you see them kind of lining up with the wideouts?
9: I think they're going to use five to six. I think you're going to see Vandenberg, of course. I think Devonte Young, Adrian Falconer, Nick Easley. I think some of the older guys, and then Brandon Smith and Amir Smith were from the true freshman. I think you're going. To, I think the core those is going to be Vandenberg, Devontae Young. Nick Easley to begin with. I think that's they'll do a lot with those guys. But I think you're going to see five, six, seven receivers on Saturday, and it'll be nice to see multiple receivers catch balls. I know Amir Smith-Marset is not on the depth chart, but he's clearly, Devontae Young said it, he's the fastest receiver on the team, and I think he will play. Brandon Smith on the depth chart, he will play. But I still think Nick Easley is going to be a key factor. I think he's going to run those seam routes with the slot receiver. Easy throws for Nathan Stanley, I think you'll see him catching a lot of pat It wouldn't remind, surprise me if like Nick Easley and Matt Vandenberg let him in catches on Saturday.
2: Pat, mm. uh, as you go back to the conversation you had a couple weeks back with Phil Parker, the defensive coordinator, he was talking about knocking down passes, but talking about the depth of this team that they have up front along the defensive line, he's not going to ever be uh, uh, confused with a P.J. Fleck. If Phil's not a guy that's going to just throw out faint praise. The front seven, all in its totality. We know there's question marks in that defensive backfield, but when we look at the front seven, could this team be even better than we expect with that front, that front group?
9: Possibly. I want to see the defensive tackles. I want to see what Lattimore does. We know what Nathan Bozada is about. I mean, he's a good, solid defensive tackle when healthy. I don't. He's not first-team all-Big Ten or anything. I want to see Cedric Lattimore, but I also want to see it, how Matt Nelson at 6'8", six, 6'9", six, handles the leverage in the trenches, and I want to see how Parker Hesse at like 250 handles playing defensive tackle. They're going to move those guys inside. I'm with you. I think there's a lot of good bodies. I think Epines is going to come in and be dynamic. Anthony Nelson, I think there's a chance for him to be really good on the edges. I still want to see what goes on at tackle and how those converted defensive ends, when they move inside, how they play before I'm going to say, yeah, this is going to be a major strength.
1: Uh, Pat, then take me to what you think will take place with the coaching staff. Has it been determined yet? where young Ferentz will be, sidelines or in the box?
9: Uh, You know, I don't know, and I I don't have a feeling, but that's partly my fault because I don't care that much. I've never really gotten in... I'm thinking he's going to start in the press box. That'll be my guess, but I've got nothing. i got a 50-50 chance of being right. He can only be in the <laughs> press box. From the side. He can't be in the stands or anything. I think he'll do that, but I would not be surprised if he did the sideline. If it was me, I'd rather be up in the press box just because it seems like you just can't see anything when you're eye level mm-hmm. on the field. You can't see near as much, but they, as of Tuesday, Kirk still didn't have an answer.
2: I personally, I just uh, think back to my favorite sideline interaction over the last three years of college football was seeing Lane Kiffin getting screened at by Saban. And, boy, would it be fun to see uh, the two fairances maybe jawing a little bit if things were going right and Brian was on the sideline.
9: Well, maybe that's what they're thinking, too, Uh, why why he might be up in the press box. But I don't think – I can't see Kirk doing it the way Saban does it. Can you?
4: No, not at all.
9: Not I just – I mean, Saban's just a miserable human being, and he just takes it out on <laughs> the people nearby to him. And, I, yeah, I can't see – I could maybe see them at times having some discussions, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how Brian does handle that. And they even made it sound like he may try to do both this year. Who knows?
1: Test mean, them both like out he likes better. Yeah, like first half on the uh, in the box or the second well, half Well, I don't know if maybe line? try
9: one game and try it differently. I think a lot will depend on how things happen. If he stays in the press okay. box and they throw for 300 yards, in the pr- I think he's going to stay in the press box.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know how superstitious players and coaches are. There's oh, without no doubt question. Ab- Now, if he wants to be that. down. Yeah. So,
9: see, the other thing, though, is I don't know where Ken O'Keefe's going to be. I don't, do they both need to be on the sideline? To me, if you've got Ken O'Keefe down there to talk to Nathan Stanley, then – why not Brian be upstairs now or the other way around? If Ken O'Keefe's upstairs, then let Brian... I don't know. I don't think they both need to be in the same place. To...
2: Pat Hardy joining us from allhawkeyes.com. We're taking a look at Iowa-Wyoming coming up this weekend. Uh, Pat, give me a name or two that we haven't bandied about a lot. A breakout. Doesn't you have to be star, but a guy that turns into a good story. It seems like anytime I Iowa's good... There's a couple of those developed. Give me a couple of under-the-radar under guys that you're liking.
9: Well, I mean, would you call this Ojemudia under the radar?
2: No, I think that's a good one. That's a good place to start. I think
9: he's going to – I'm not saying he's going to – he's not going to beat out Manny Ragamba, but I think he's going to play well enough to where I think they're going to use their D-backs in a lot of different ways, and I think he's just somebody – I remember when they got him, I'm like, look at this kid. He's like 6'1", 6'2". He's really skinny. He just looks like somebody who can be developed. And I saw him again the other day. He's still skinny, but he's developing. And here he is starting. I mean, he's already moved ahead of a lot of guys, and he's starting. I think he's one, and I still think, and I know we've mentioned him, but the only reason we've mentioned Amir Smith-Marset is because of his speed. I still think he's somebody, even though he's not on the depth chart, that may slip past the defender and make a big play early, and then if he does, Hawkeye fans are going to worship him. You know, if even if one of those freshmen makes some eighty-yard catch, you imagine what it's <laughs> going to be like on social media. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, it'll be it'll be crazy. Uh, it will be, and that'll be fun though that, yeah. if something
9: like that happens.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Pat Hardy's our guest on the Draft House 50 hotline. Pat, take me to the defensive side, and if Josh Allen, the star quarterback of Wyoming, all of a sudden is beginning to have a little bit of time to throw the football, and they're not getting to him, could we see Iowa then maybe go to a a few more blitzes Look, that's, that's not a big deal, at least it hasn't been in the Ferentz playbook, but could that be a something that, that fans should pay attention to just in case Wyoming starts to get going offensively?
9: Possibly, but I, if they're struggling to get pressure on them, they would have to adjust to me by getting more D-backs in there, and then you go to maybe your five, we've seen them even use six D-backs under Phil Parker. He does that a lot. I could see that happening, but I could also see Phil Parker trying to mix in a little blitzing early. The thing is, though, this guy can run. He ran for over 500 mm-hmm. yards last year. He breaks tackles. He's big, so I think you got to kind of compensate for that too. If you send too much pressure and you do your job of flushing him from the pocket, it's not over. I mean, he can run the ball, so I think you got to guard against that too. And blitzing, sometimes you can get burned.
2: Well, uh, let's go big picture. Now we've talked uh, every other week throughout the summer. We have a pretty good idea where you are. Your official prediction on this season, how you expect this Iowa team to be, and, uh, well, let's just go right there with you.
9: Well, I'm been I'm at 6-6 six and six because I take, try to stick to my original pick, but I could be talked into 7-5. and five. That's kind of how I look at this team, and I think most people look at this team somewhere between 6 and 8 wins, don't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much yeah, yeah. everywhere that they are. What would have to happen then, going a step further, what would have to happen for them to get to Indianapolis? It doesn't have to be 12-0 and as we know to get there. You know, you can do it at, at 10-2 and or even 9-3 and with a couple of breaks. What it would have to take to take that next step, step, to be at that next level.
9: I think Wisconsin has to stumble and can't be 11-1, and 12-0, 7-1. I think Wisconsin has to slip back to the pack more than I think Iowa is going to climb up that high. I think if something like that happens and they can stay healthy... And you go, you go six and three or seven and two wins the thing. I think it's going to be a year six and three. We may see win a division some year just on a tiebreak or something. To me, it has to be something like that. The running attack has to be huge. The weaknesses that we perceive have to not be weaknesses. They don't have to be strengths. And of course you have to stay healthy. You have to be lucky. But I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance seven and two or six and three could win this thing with a tiebreaker. So you don't have to be mm-hmm. perfect. I don't think Wisconsin's going to run the table. I just, they've had some big injuries and I'm, I, they're my pick to win the division, but I'm not ready to say there. A lot of people have Wisconsin and Ohio State playing undefeated in the Big Ten championship. I don't see that happening.
1: All right, Pat. Then in the West, if you have Wisconsin winning it, who is in second spot? Is Iowa, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota? Are are all those teams, is that just the next tier and that's it?
9: To me, it's Northwestern. On paper, I think they're just a little better than Iowa. Plus, in fairness, they beat them here last year. That's our last impression, and everyone always uses that to tell me why they think Iowa's going to beat Iowa State. Well, we pounded them last year. Well, Northwestern won last year scored 38 points iowa had no answer for its running back or quarterback and then after that you could go nebraska iowa minnesota iowa minnesota nebraska to me those three teams are almost interchangeable you can make an argument for any of them at those next three spots
2: hey great stuff as always pat looking forward to the season and uh Maybe we'll see you over in the press box Saturday. They're actually going to let me in for once. What do, what do you think of oh, that? Oh, you're going to be there?
9: All right. Well, I will, de- I will definitely be there. Enjoy yourself.
2: Yes, I, I'm normally in the stands as a fan, but uh, they allowed me for one time. They don't breathalyze when you walk in, though, do they?
9: No, but they do get you. <laughs> don't cheer. Don't no oh, cheer. Oh, yeah. like, yes. like <laughs> yes, I, I know that. They'll throw you out like it's 2 a.m. in a bar.
2: Yes, yeah. I know that very well, and well, I've been tossed out a bar time or two in my life, too. But that's a conversation for another day. Pat, enjoy. All me. right, Trent. We'll talk again in a couple weeks.
9: All right, gentlemen. See, see you.
2: See Pat.
1: All right, Pat. Oh, Pat's great. Ah. Pat Hardy, allhawkeyes.com. That's great stuff out of him. So you're going to do the press box thing instead yeah. of being a fan for a sure, change. Good sure. for you. Good for you. Yeah. Get up there with the with the fake news media <laughs> right.
2: and and hang out with alternative facts uh-huh. and uh, and have a great time. It'll be fun. Yes, yes. No cheering in the press box. I told you uh, the Capital One Bowl when Iowa had the the catch by Warren Holloway to win it on the final play of the game. I was in the press box for that one, and uh, there was some cheering that was happening. Uh, it was a little bit behind me. I never saw who it was. I knew most of the media members now. Pretty much everybody was already down on the field as you're brought down at the end of the game Mm -hmm. of the local media. But there were a couple of people, myself included, that were still lingering up in the press box. And uh, somebody behind me, I never never caught who it was. They cheered in the press box for that one. I, I know the rules, though, Jimmy B. I may be a fan, but I'm still also a media member.
1: No, you are. And I and I know that you will handle yourself with great decorum. I'm not I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. I'm going to get a call from the cops saying you got to come get your boy here.
2: Well, God forbid uh, you're going to make gonna, your way to Iowa City for one time, Jimmy B. Are you going to I'm going to are you going to you going to pop through there for the first time and make it to Iowa City for football this year? You. Yeah, I basketball? think I will. Come on. You got to do it yeah. at some point. I know. I will. I will. I'll. I'll. I'll go. You and I will go together. No. No. God. No. No. Oh. Okay. I, I okay. hang out with All you right. enough as is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, from the uh, Hawks to the Clones, Matt Nelson, Wide Right, Natty Light is going to be our guest. All Cyclones coming up next on the Big Talker 1700.
0: You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. Seventeen hundred K B G G.
2: Trust, quality, value—just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes. Tear offs
8: Brought
5: to you by Indeed.com. Are you hiring? Join the over 3 million businesses that use Indeed.com for hiring. Post your next job opening on the world's number one job site, Indeed.com.
4: Like all of you out there, Michael Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat.
1: at the Home Depot, free carpet installation means free carpet installation, and free includes clearing out furniture, ripping out old carpet, hauling it away, even carpeting stairs with no hidden fees. Free installation on carpet $699 or more means free installation, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid on carpet priced
0: $1 or more per square foot. Specialty items may be priced separately.
2: 1700 KBGG is your home for high school football. Join me, Trent Condon, each and every Friday night starting at 7 o'clock for the Central Iowa Game of the Week. After the game, keep it locked on 1700 KBGG for the Hart-Tongue and Schrader Scoreboard Show. We'll take you up until 11 o'clock with scores from across the state of Iowa. Your home for high school sports, 1700 KBGG. This Friday night, Waukee makes the trek to take on the Valley Tigers at Valley Stadium.
10: it's going to be the same flat fee. We deliver all throughout the metro area, always keeping your food hot and fresh. Food Dudes Delivery has a vast range of food options for you to choose from. So place your order for lunch today, dinner tonight, or your office tomorrow at fooddudesdelivery.com. Hey, it's Trent
2: Condon here from Jimmy TC. If you've been talking and thinking about improving your health, I have an idea for you. Do what I did. A place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines.
0: It's time for your daily dose of Cyclone coverage on 1700
2: KBGG. Welcome back. Jimmy B and TC here on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG. Glad to have you with us. And Jim Britson, our next guest is a... Uh, yes, He's got some big changes in his life. He is now a married man since we talked to him last. Oh
1: my gosh! Oh man! What are you doing? You gave up. You gave up the best life that you could have,
2: and now you're now you're hogtied. Matt Nelson from Wide Right Natty Light. Don't listen to him, Matt. Just because Jimmy B doesn't know how to be married doesn't mean he's got to tear down the rest of us.
7: <laughs> hey, uh, I'll say out of all that, but I, I can tell you what I, I did get married at. Um... It was, it was a joyous celebration. There was no, no dirges, no funeral music played, and uh, we had a great day. There was about 400 people or so up at the Roof Garden in Arnold Park, and uh, we had a grand old time. And then we headed off to Ireland for a honeymoon, and uh, let's wow. just say all that Guinness was a primer for this weekend, so, uh, guys.
1: <laughs> Guinness is always a primer. All right, Matt. Let's get into this. Trent and I are both under the uh, assumption that there will be no UNI victory this coming weekend at Jack Trice, that finally the Cyclones have finally taken it to a Big 12 conference level. Are you in with that, or do you see a different scenario?
7: No, guys, I'm I'm in with that. And, um, you know, I think especially on the heels of, of what happened last year and it was encouraging to me to see the players, and some of that could be player speak, you know, as well, but I thought it was interesting to see Campbell come out flat out and say the way we prepared for that game last year, we absolutely deserve to lose. And not only did Campbell said uh, say that, but that was the same message that Joel Anning echoed. So I think they know their preparation and the way they started that season last year was just not acceptable, and they weren't really all that surprised by the outcome when they look back on it. So to to kind of, kind of build off what you said, I, I think they have reached, Big 12 level, and and I think if you, you know, maybe some people might not agree with me, but when you look at the roster, this is the first time in, you know, for me in the last four or five seasons where you can look up and down and go to every position and you don't feel like, you know, there are more holes than there are answers. Does that make sense?
2: No, it it really does, and the depth is already being built up. We've seen the recruiting prowess that Matt Campbell has, and you you couple that, you know, with what they have in the non-conference here, a feeling like they can get off to a good start, that they can set themselves up well leading into Big 12 Conference play in that Thursday night game against Texas. It it feels silly at times, but I think there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah, it's August 30th, but this feels like a must-win game for Iowa State this year, not just in terms of getting to a bowl game. I I think we all know that, but just perception and and the program and continuing to develop. It feels like this one falls into that must-win category because of those factors, too.
7: No, it it does absolutely. And look, this is this is a game that you need to win. Um, and I think that you know, so, you know, with last year, we were kind of interested in, you know, how is this coaching staff going to look? What's the style going to be on the field? And I don't know if you remember uh, that that opening game last year, guys. But you know, Campbell's hallmark had been teams that didn't make mistakes, and that first game last year was literally full of mistakes between
8: mm-hmm.
7: penalties yep. and miscues. What well, we had, we had uh, a ball carrier and the quarterback tackle each other in the backfield. Um, I don't know if you remember that play it was, it was like a comedy of errors um, early in the season last year and and you definitely saw that progress as Iowa State uh, went through that season not just in the, the two wins they added back to back late in the season but there were so many games last year where Iowa State was competitive and saw their lack of, lack of depth and, and you know mental miscues from being tired, costing the game in the third and fourth quarter. Um, for those of you who probably don't need the painful reminder but losing to Baylor by a last second field goal um, the Oklahoma State game Uh, they were almost dominating that game until Trevor Ryan gets hurt on a punt return. um, And all of a sudden, that game just unravels for the cycle. And so, uh, you know, I think you saw progress every step of the way last year, except for maybe that that last game against West Virginia, which is a a tough spot to be playing a a pissed-off West Virginia team after their utter dismantling they got from Oklahoma. But I I think you really saw positive steps, and and you're going to see another one on Saturday night.
1: Uh, we're having a conversation with Matt Nelson, wide right now light, and he joins us on the Draft House Fifty Hotline. Okay, Matt, this is a team right now that has had just awful seasons the last three or four. In order for I guess Cyclone fan to truly get excited, can they go two and one in the non-conference and still have a chance to get the six? Or do they absolutely positively have to be three and o
7: you know guys it's a great question and this is one of the first years where I think um, perception wise you know that three and o really brings you a lot of momentum, but I think they can get by um, going two and one and I say that just because of where I kind of see the rest of the big twelve um, you know it's never fun to play a team after you absolutely uh, beat the pants off of them in Texas Tech, but that's a roster that a lot of people have looked at and evaluated as being almost on the same level as what you would find Kansas this year. Um, I think Baylor's going to take um, a step backwards this year, um, and Iowa State was was right there with them um, in Ames this past season. I think Oklahoma State is a team that's going to be good, um, but it, it, you know Iowa State's getting in a, in a big game as well, um, and you got to like the way that Iowa State played them last year. Um, kind of the same when you go across the board, you know Texas should be better, but. Um, you, you never really know uh, with the coaching staff and the way that things have changed in that program. Uh, I think another candidate as well is, is TCU. Uh, Gary Patterson's track record is when they have a bad year, they usually bounce right back. But there are a lot of people who think that that program has um, reached the pinnacle that they possibly could in the Big 12 and, and maybe on their way down in a game that Iowa State gets it for homecoming. So um, I think there's a chance that Iowa State could make it up this year, but certainly 3-0 and uh, makes it a lot easier.
2: Uh, a step further, as you're taking a look at uh, throughout the Big 12, who do you have uh, playing in the first Big 12 championship game, and is it going to go like I expect? Whoever's there is going to lose. Whoever's the favorite, and if they had a chance of the playoff, it'll go away in typical Big 12 fashion.
7: Yeah, I'm a little concerned about that. You know, I I think fans wanted this championship game, and you know, and hopefully it does help. But at the same time, that game could now um, almost end up costing you getting a team to the playoff. The whole not having a championship game, in my opinion, was about six, six one one-way, half-dozen the other in terms of getting a team in. Um, you know, I think Oklahoma's going to be there for sure. Um, even though, you know, with the coaching change, it could be interesting to see how long it takes uh, uh, for them to kind of regain where they've been at in the past. I think there maybe will be a, a kind of a, a lag in the early part of the season. Um, I think uh, a safe bet would maybe be either Oklahoma – state or or texas as well potentially i am still not sold on texas that the program that i don't really buy being there is, is kansas state mm-hmm. um and i know that they've been a pretty a pretty common pick for that spot but um you know I, I look at that roster and i just i think it's you know a pretty typical kansas state team but i'm maybe not quite as, as high on them um as some other people but i i, I don't know what i guess Trent, what what was what would uh, your thoughts be for that game
2: uh oh, the the Kansas State game. Yeah, it's it's been a coin flip that has flipped the Kansas State way to you know, time, e- seemingly every time. I like Oklahoma State. I feel like there's got to be some kind of come down from Oklahoma without Bob Stoops. I'd probably go Oklahoma State Kansas State right now. Um, I, I just I don't think there's going to be a huge gap there between the two teams, and I'm still wondering about Oklahoma as good as they're going to be offensively. There has to be some kind of factor losing, losing Bob Stoops and replacing him with a 32-year-old guy. Is that is that crazy thinking?
7: No, I, I agree, and especially defensively. Oklahoma needs some help on that side of the football, and they did this past season. Um, no, I, I agree 100%, and it's going to be an interesting year in the in the Big 12 because you've got Texas, who's still uh, working their way back in a sense, and I, in my opinion, that program still has some problems. Um, and you've got Oklahoma, who has traditionally been the top of the Big 12 with uh, with a new coach and uh, and all the changes that that ushers in. This could be one of those years, and, and Big Ten fans may say this is every year, but it could be one of those years where the, the Big 12 really doesn't have somebody who stands out at the, at the top. And that's where I think a team like Oklahoma State may have a shot to, to be that top team, J- just because from a continuity standpoint, I think they're ahead of some of the other top teams in the Big 12.
1: And once again, Matt, if indeed your prediction is correct, then once again the Big 12 will be left out of the Final Four.
7: Sadly, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's certainly a reality that's, uh, in my opinion, staring the Big 12 right in the face this year, even with their first
2: championship game. Well, Matt, a congratulations from me. Brinson, give the guy congrats on his marriage. Uh, yeah, ni- ni- nice going, Matt. Oh, nice going. Geez, <laughs> I'm going to cut his mic. A, a real congratulations <laughs> to you and your bride. Uh, many years of wedding bliss and uh, the best for everybody over there with you guys. And, of course, Wide Right Natty Light. What do you guys have going on as we get ready for the kickoff of the season at Wide Right Natty Light?
7: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so, that you know, the, the podcast has returned, uh, the Wide Right Natty Light podcast. You can find that on our website. We just put one up, uh, up today talking a little bit about – um football season and uh, also getting sidetracked on Bars and aims, which is something we love to talk about. Um, you can look for my work. I'll be recapping um, some of the road games this year, and then we would run an article on Tuesdays called This Week in Gifts where we sum up uh, both the good and the bad from the Iowa State games with uh, everyone's favorite uh, animated meme form, um, which we frequently see on Twitter. Uh, other thing I'm going to call, too, is Trent, you may not like this, but you know the Iowa, Iowa Week always brings uh, our hate week articles, we mm-hmm. call them. Um, should be a good time to have some uh, some sporting fun, and uh, I'm just really excited for the season, guys. I think the Cyclones, um, you know, have a really good team, and you know that Iowa game really intrigues me. I think there's kind of a, yep. a trade-off. I think um, Iowa's strengths are maybe Iowa State's weaknesses in places, and actually vice versa. Some of the things sure. that Iowa State is really good at, uh, the Hawkeyes are a little deficient at, at least looking towards the start of the season. So uh, I'm just anxious for football to be back, guys. Gosh, it seems like the off season lasts about eight months.
2: It did. It was a long it one, did. no doubt about it. Matt, uh, good luck to you guys over there. Great catching up with you, and, and don't worry, we'll have some fun next week during Hate Week, Cyhawk Week. Sounds good, Trenton. Let's hope our Twins are still playing for a wild card spot in a week's time. I'm right there with you. Matt, also a, a Twins fan, and, and Jimmy B, that's why he's such a good guy. He knew, he, even oh, though, because he's a Twins exactly. fan? Exactly. That makes you a good person for the most part, in my mind. <laughs> feel like those Minnesota oh, Twins. <laughs> oh, man. We'll come back oh, on the other great. side. we got still plenty to get to. Kick it off the next hour, we'll be talking at 520 with Sean Tomlinson. He'll stop by. We'll talk some NFL with him. We get ready for tomorrow night, the last group of games in the preseason. I'm not going to be watching preseason football, though, Jimmy B. The college slate will have my attention tomorrow evening. You got it, pal. I won't be playing any. I rarely pay any attention to the fourth uh,
1: preseason game in the NFL. It's generally awful. So I will be locked and loaded on college football tomorrow night as well. Uh, Quick break. We're coming right back, and the phone lines will be open if you want to jump on with your questions at 515-264-1700. That's 515-264-1700. A full hour still to go right here. Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700.
0: 1700 K B G G is the big talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and T C noon to three sports talk that rocks. 1700 K B G G.
6: We're a roofing machine.
5: Sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long-term or reoccurring projects? If so, Account Temps' salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit AccountTemps.com. Account Temps, a Robert Half Company. So you get this idea for your company.
10: Great. But
6: then... It's too expensive. Too complicated.
10: I want to say yes.
6: We've never done it that way before. Yeah, no. Not during summer.
10: Nah. Why now?
2: I liked it better before you explained it. Start saying yes to your company's
5: best ideas. American Express Open can help with money and know-how so you can get business done. We can't do that, can we?
7: Yes, we can.
5: Visit open.com and see how American Express Open can help you get business done. Got a paint project you haven't started? Now's the time to begin. The Home Depot has Bare Premium Plus interior paint starting at just $23.97. It's a paint and primer in one. So, you're not covering the same wall over and over. You paint it, then move on to the next one. We're pouring more into paint with unbeatable prices on bare premium plus interior paint. Now, starting at just $23.97. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only instant store for details.
0: Napa know how! There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know How. Napa
10: Know How. Kate here with Food Dudes Delivery. Are you tired of the same old delivery options? Food Dudes Delivery can solve that problem for you. We deliver for restaurants that don't do delivery. Order through us at fooddudesdelivery.com. Place your order for lunch today, dinner tonight, or your office party tomorrow at fooddudesdelivery.com. Celebrate savings at JCPenney's Labor Day Sale. Get up to 40% off major appliance hot deals from your favorite brands like LG, GE, and Samsung. And get 30-month special financing on purchases of $7.99 or more with your JCPenney credit card. Plus, free delivery and basic installation on all appliance purchases over $2.99. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. GE, GE Profile, GE Cafe, and higher limited to 10% off savings. Available in select stores. Some exclusions apply. Financing turn bell for 9 Must request a time of purchase. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required.